Hello, my family. Hello. Welcome to episode 60-something else. I think it's 66. I think I'm back on track here with knowing what the hell I'm doing. Guys, episode 66, baby. Good buddy of mine, Matt Belinsky. New buddy. Good buddy, but a new buddy. I met Matt on Clubhouse a couple of months ago. I think we were in a few rooms together and uh, talked to each other, kicked it. Then we met in real life at a clubhouse event in LA. And uh, awesome dude. Awesome dude. Love the way he thinks. Love the way he thinks and uh, and uh, uh, communicates his ideas about lots of things, um, about how the world works. We had a long, awesome conversation about a lot of things uh, related to the world and, and life. And politics was a big part of that. And uh, man, I love connecting with people about these things that I don't know a lot about that I would like to learn more of. So I hope you guys really enjoy this conversation. But first, this episode is brought to you by Magnesium Breakthrough. Don't skip these ads. Don't you dare fucking skip these ads, dude. Don't do it. Guys, Magnesium Breakthrough is from <laughs> from Bioptimizers, my favorite supplement company. I truly do take uh, magnesium every day. It, it's made of seven different forms of magnesium. There's no uh, woo-woo, uh, you know, batshit craziness, spiritual hippie, la-la uh, magic behind these supplements. Um, it's legit. It's legit. Legit fun, legit fun, good magnesium vibes. Uh, it helps with my sleep, helps ease my muscles after workout, and aids in my recovery process. Big time. Um, so magnesium breakthrough, highly recommend, especially if you're like going for a, a hike or a hard workout, or you're going to be on your feet all day. You take a couple of these guys at the end of the day and, uh, you, you ease your body into its resting recovery state because they do a lot of scientific things that I don't know enough about. Uh, let's see, absorbed magnesium by the body, support digestion, promote restful sleep and a bunch of other things. Magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella for a discount. And they'll also send you this book, The Biological Optimization Blueprint, packed full of stuff, uh, tips and tricks and things to do and uh, to live a better life, work out more efficiently, and optimize your body and your health. Magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella. Blue Blocks, also brought to you by Blue Blocks, my favorite blue light blocking glasses because they're the only blue light blocking glasses that I wear, and I wear them at night uh, whenever I'm watching a movie or um, scrolling through YouTubes or... Uh, doing some editing on my computer. I wear these guys and my eyes don't stress. Dude, I, I used to edit all the time late at night with my screen on full blast, uh, uh, full brightness. And my eyes would get all watery and dry and, and, and itchy and like tired and sore. And I wear those now all the time and I don't get that. And when I don't wear them, I do get that. So I've noticed a significant improvement. Um, you'll get 20% off. 25% off or 30% off, depending on how much you spend between June 15th and June 30th at blueblocks.com slash Brent. Uh, that's just the 15% code, but if you want higher, you could spend some money. I think it's like 150 bucks. You get 20% off and then a bit more, you get more percent off, a bit more, you get more percent off. Capitalism, baby. And Blue Blocks is a company I love. And you should too. Support the sponsors. Sponsors support the show. You support me. I support you. We all love each other. Guys, let's get into it. Episode 66 with my boy, Matt Belinsky. Please enjoy. You've been out here your whole life except for college. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Cornell in upstate New York. 
Uh, are you were you born up there too? No, my family's from New York, so you know, all my cousins like uh, one phase of uh, of American Judaism, which was like uh, the dark sheep of uh, every family, like moved from New York to L.A. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of the family stayed in New York. We'd always go back there. I had a lot of roots there. Um, and then you know I was going to college. Like all right, that that seems like a nice change of pace. Like most of the people, like most of the people, kids who grew up in L.A., like most of them stayed here. Yeah. I was like I, I no, I got to go see some other stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Is Cornell Ivy League? Yeah. Okay. So Just barely. So you're you're a little Ivy League douchebag, dude. Yes, thank God. How cool I, is that? It was awesome. It was you, well, did, you know, I have my thoughts on it. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts? My thoughts. It's mostly. I mean, there's the lineage, right? Like that, this this kind of you know historical American narrative of like you know the Ivy League thing and like buttoned up and these are the elites and this and that. And there, I, I kind of always enjoyed that kind of tongue in cheek, but yeah. like it's bullshit. And I think I went to college around the time it started to be bullshit. Like you started to realize, like, wait a second, for the amount of effort you have to put in to get in, the the cost the returns aren't there, particularly mm. as the internet came around and that kind of bypassed and created a lot of new ways to make money and build stuff and learn stuff and, and have create careers. a career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what'd you study when you went there? History, which was also, you know, yeah. bullshit. You're Were like, you going to oh. be a teacher? Uh, no, you, no, just like, all right, if you, we, we just assumed like, oh, go to a really good school, get the get, get the degree. credential right. and it's just all going to fall into place. Wow. And I was like that was like a 1980 uh, that was like a 1988 type of attitude and yeah. like by around, you know, I graduated college 2003, by the the early 2000s that just wasn't it was starting not to be true, but everybody had told you it was true and who are you to say to realize it wasn't yeah and so i think it took probably a decade even you know the last six seven years people are starting to wake up and be like oh Wait yeah a now i think it's completely different now yeah. i think so many people are realizing that not going to college is a decent option it's yeah. not it shouldn't be frowned on there shouldn't be a stigma to it there's so many things you can do without going to college um, and, and that's definitely been and more and like you and more. can't ignore you see all the charts that show okay here's the price increase of like every yeah. other good on earth over the past 35 years and like why you know they're all like this and then why is the cost of college like that right and at some point you, you know you, you, that's gonna sl that reality is gonna slap people in the face right 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 wake up to that right and was, that's what I think that what, what, what was like the best thing you took from college you, did you have a good college experience uh, not really man these small the east coast different where, where are you from I grew up in California my whole life East Coast was a, is a different ball game. Yeah, my whole um, family's from the East Coast, uh -huh. like Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut. For sure, yeah. I uh, I went out there and it was interesting. At least at that time, I think it's even gone a lot more. You know, things have changed. I can't believe it's almost twenty years since I was in college. Um, but I go out. You know, I'm Jewish and like grew up in L.A. and Beverly Hills, like pretty big Jewish community. But like mm -hmm. no one really thought about it. Nobody really distinguished themselves or segregated themselves based on these things. I went out to the East Coast and then it was really old schools like the Wasp lacrosse players really? hung out with the wasp lacrosse players wow the jew you know the jews from long island like those were the fraternities like pretty much jews and like these things really mattered and i was like i didn't get it it took yeah. me a bit to, to wrap my mind around i was like i don't know this is not a game i want to play and so between that and it was a very I, I, it was very isolated. Like I, I thought, okay, I'm pretty close to New York, but you know, you're four hours away. You're not getting down there every you know couple weeks, right? Right, right. Um, so I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Get me back to LA as soon as possible. And then uh, I probably then I was like, okay, how do I hide out for a few more years without having to take any real responsibility? 
go to law school, uh, everyone will still like you know, uh, look upon uh, look upon that fr- uh, with respect and admiration. Even yeah, though yeah, I, once yeah. again did not, I I knew deep down, I was like, there's nothing here that I'm doing that's special or anybody else, and the kids that are here are incredibly unimpressive. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm just wasting time. Um, and you know, to, to have to make, and so I came back here and then did all the socializing and networking and all the shit that I should have done. Um, before did you move back to LA? immediately after college like at 22 yeah yeah uh yes um although i graduated a little early from you know to get out of cornell okay i have a friend who went to arizona state and i pretty much did oh, like that's a, fun uh, arizona did you, par- did you party oh, oh, oh come god, on bro oh my god dude arizona state is insane it, out of control tempe tempe yeah. in phoenix uh every time i have shows in tempe i just i kind of clear the couple days after the shows because yeah. i know i usually don't go out until the last show of the weekend because i don't yeah. want to like lose my voice but in Tempe, dude, <laughs> dude oh, uh, people, people don't know Mike. T- okay. Uh, 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 talk about a credible, credible source. Yeah. Mike Tyson of all people in his autobiography, which I recommend everybody read. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, I partied all over the world and anywhere, anything that's been done. I did it. I'm like Scott, he's like Scottsdale Phoenix is the most underrated party. Place <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Mike knows. Yeah. hundred percent. We, we, I just went there in April. Oh yeah. For a buddy's birthday. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of things. Uh, the it desert. was a good time. It was fun. The desert. It's, yeah. We, shit goes down in the desert. Shit goes down in the desert, dude. We were there. We went to that big... When's the last time you were in Scottsdale? Uh, about three years ago. Do you have, Did you ever go to that big daytime pool party club thing? I forget what it's called. Like Oma, Mommy, Ma- I'm, I'm Mamo, pro, I've Moma, missed that one, but I'm, I'm familiar. Like yeah, I'm familiar. you get it. Um, we were there, and this was right after they lifted the mask mandate. So they said, okay, and all through Arizona... It's up to the businesses, it's up to the people. We You don't have to wear it anymore. Sure. And in L.A., it was like on the day we left to go out to Scottsdale, L.A. said, uh, bars can open at 25% capacity now. Wow. We fly to Scottsdale that day. We go to this day club. I mean, yeah, like everybody was naked pretty mm-hmm. much and just like thousands of people drinking sure. and touching each other everywhere. Mm-hmm. The difference, it almost gave me like shock. I was, I was almost yeah. in shock. If I hadn't already been living with like a free fucking chill out mentality, mm-hmm. I would have been like blown away. Dude. Could you imagine what's going on right now with the people who have really were were isolated themselves over for the past yeah. year? Yeah, and you know whatever we can get into the the cost benefits pluses minuses justifications non justifications for that. But like and you know I got COVID kind of early. I got it back in June, and I was like, all right, you know, seems like people. How are your symptoms? Not bad. I yeah. mean, I was definitely sick, but it was not the top 10 most sick I've ever been in my life. I'm like, yeah. okay, I hear other young people got hit a little worse, but, uh, you know, counting my blessings, but I was like, all right, I, you know, I, I'm keeping on top of the, the, the science and the data here is not just throwing out the term science, which a lot of people do. Yeah. And there seems to be some pretty strong immunity. So I said, fuck it. I'm, I'm not going to live my life with a ton of, ton of restraints. Um, yeah, I had, I mean, how much did you travel during Dude, I, the whole time you traveled. I, so yeah, I think everybody was kind of on the same page at the very beginning. No one knew what was going on. Yeah. Let's lock down for a few weeks. This is weird. We're living in a movie. This is a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. It could be, no one knew. No one knew except for like the people who were like super wacko and yeah. wouldn't trust the government anyways. For right? sure. That think they're like a sovereign country. And they got to the right answer from the, and wrong, they, the yeah, wrong way. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, but then it, come like May, I started to get like frustrated. June, I started to feel like, oh, mm-hmm. what? 
Okay, hang on. Why yeah. are we? I had a lot of questions in June. I was angry by July. Mm-hmm. July is when I got angry. August is when I started touring with JP again because mm-hmm. um, he was going out to Florida. And so I think Florida might have been our first date out of town. Mm-hmm. And we go out to Florida. And again, on the, on the first day we get to Florida, the Friday, the governor lifts the capacity restrictions. This is in August. Mm-hmm. And the comedy club calls JP and says, hey, do you want to open up the other like 30% of ticket sales? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they sold out in minutes, dude. And we were shaking hands with people in August, shaking hands. Yeah. People were coming up like, hey, Brent, that was funny. Can I spit on you? And I was like, yeah, for sure. I was taking loogies so to the like face. just before COVID. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love being spit on. And um, and so I was shaking hands, like giving hugs, taking pictures. And in my head still, I was like, ooh, this feels kind of dangerous because, you know, all the data is still coming. But, sure. you know, da, 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 da. And, and I got back to L.A. I waited four days. I quarantined. I got tested, tested negative. I was like... Huh. Okay. If I was going to get it, it probably would have been in Florida shaking hands with literally a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one was wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. And that sent me down the rabbit hole of looking at uh, demographics, people with different types of immune systems, yeah. my personal health history, what my immune system is like. And then if I was a little bit mad in July, I got like furious in August. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then that took me through the fall. You For know what sure. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you know, a, a lot of people took different trajectories there. Right. I mean, like I, the, the weekend and we're, Hey, uh, happy riot anniversary. I mean, yes. Yeah, pretty much this, yeah. this weekend. After that, I was like, after having been locked up for a few weeks, for a few months, I was like, I, I need to get the fuck out of here. So I went to Austin this first week of June last year mm-hmm. um and i was like okay that was my first experience seeing how someone else was living yeah and it was a little uh, odd it was like wait a second it might be a little bit early for them to be living this freely um yeah that's how and i felt when i got to florida yeah and yeah. That, that was june right mm-hmm. and then there was a, a you saw some numbers going up in texas and florida and some of the other states that were uh, a you know a little more open right off the bat but it wasn't crazy right it wasn't this because you're thinking and here's what I keep on coming back to. That I think is something that a lot of people, you know, uh, need to be should be more mindful of. Is people I think now like they forgot how life was before. They're now used to some sort of restrictions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, uh, people forget like how fucking gnarly it is that for a few months, like March, April, May last year, everyone in this fucking country was pretty much indoors and had yeah. to stay inside. Like we shut down all of society. Even yeah. after that, like even the places that were somewhat locked down, you know, but that's a really, that's an outlier. It's yeah. not how things, things work. Um, and so, you know, I, I, seeing that and, and that the people were kind of going from zero to 60, I was like, all right, but, but it, it, we were, everyone is anticipating that if you let all these, if you had everyone in the house and then you let people out of the house, like, this thing that just transferred when people were around each other was going to just shoot through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it increased, but it didn't shoot through the roof. So like, why, why is that? And then I went back to Texas later that summer and you know, people were wearing masks more, but it was still like people were out in the street. There were bars that were open. You yeah. had to be outside this yeah. and that. And then I come back to LA and I'm just like every, like, you walk past every goddamn store and it's dark and the lights are off and it's depressing mm-hmm. and okay, they decided to, you know, build this little cute fucking thing outside in the middle of the street. So now we can dine inside, outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but I, this is really bad, man. Mm-hmm. And, and then I went, um, a little bit later in the fall, I went, 
not just to Austin. I went to Dallas, I went to Nashville, and I went to Miami. And these are all three places that like have different demographics, different you know uh, climates, different and like different every, cultures, different too. cultures. Yeah, and everywhere people are operating like levels more normally than mm-hmm. California. And I was like, okay, I can't. I'm got to go back, but like I, I'm opting out. Like whatever's going on in California, yeah. it's like people are opting into that's this lifestyle. Exactly. And that that's what I saw when we started touring through the fall is I was seeing that we went to Virginia. We did, uh, we did Virginia. We did Texas. Oh, Houston. Yeah. We did Virginia. We did Houston. We did Florida. Um, and maybe one or two other places in like the Midwest. And I would see the way, just the lifestyle and yeah, then people will say like, "Look at the numbers," but the and the ICU mm-hmm. beds and yeah. the ventilators, and that. But dude, there've still been articles, and now we're just playing like the the hindsight game, which is fun. Mm-hmm. But it, there was just like a different way of life that a lot of other mm-hmm. regions chose that just seemed better. Uh, yeah. And then at the end of the day, when the numbers all do come out, and they yeah. say there were articles recently that said um, uh, California versus Texas, two very different places or two very different approaches with very similar results. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that just makes me wonder like, what's the next pandemic What's what are we going to do next time? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. When COVID 24 hits (laughs) is California just going to like put up a stone wall at its border and not let people leave or, or come in. I, well, let's be honest. I think they've showed their colors that they're, they're not competent enough to to even do that if they tried to, right? They're they're still, they're still relying on people opting in. And it's like, wait a second, you know, if enough people woken up and not just like those people that you mentioned, the super conspiracy, uh, don't tread on me sticker people, like like, realize like, okay, like every, we were all going about our business with our normal lives. And like, there's, you know, we didn't really pay too much attention to these people that we elected and they're like, not very smart. Yeah. And they, they got all the same flaws as the rest of us do. And they do shit. To signal which tribe they're part of that doesn't really translate to, to mm-hmm. the right ideas. Um, and, you know, and, and are people going to, are they going to try to run this, this game again? And then I'm starting, you know, now with hindsight, we get to look back and see, okay, who was right and who was wrong. Right. And I'm looking back on some of the, some of the people who made some bold predictions, but who weren't super paranoid conspiracy people. And there's like one guy and he's like, they're probably going to use, you know, they're, they're going to tell you that climate change is the next existential threat that mm-hmm. we've got to start, you know, not driving one day a week or you got to lock yourself oh, in the house and taking all these really like structural changes to society. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we don't, you know, the ice caps are going to melt. I'm like sure. I'm someone who wants to take, you know, climate seriously. And I'm someone who wants to take the fact seriously that there's a ton of cars spraying, uh, uh, not great shit into the atmosphere every day, but I also not going to just sit there and accept any restriction or any, any supposed solution. It's like gotta be based on the risk management. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. have people figured that out is the question. Yeah. And the, the risk management is interesting. Uh, I forget who said this on a podcast, but they, he, he was talking about how, risk management versus um uh what you're sacrificing yeah the phrasing of it i'm messing up right now but it is something about like at what cost do we manage risk Sure. like do we manage risk to save one life at the cost of so many people's lives yeah think about it like uh, the speed limit like yeah if everyone went 30 miles per hour everywhere you'd reduce the number of auto deaths every year 
Right. But you don't right. do that. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we've got to, you, you've got, you know, and it's, it's, it's an imperfect science, yeah. but if you, if you're basing your decision strictly on how to eliminate any risk of harm and get, you know, the, get the damage down to zero, that's going to lead to some, some stupid shit. And there's a lot of people that are still like that, dude. I feel like, like I I'm ready to live. I've been ready to live again, but like sure. you asked me right now, what are you ready for? It's like, I'm ready to live. Like, let, yeah. let's live, dude. Let's get back to life. But there's so many people that are so attached to what people happened last attached, year man. and they can't let it go and and they don't want to go back. They're like, no, this needs to drop to zero. Mm-hmm. We need 100% shot up and th- all the numbers need to drop to zero. And it's like, ah, man, just let it go, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. What do you think it is with those people? Uh, You know, this sounds a little crazy, um, but I don't know how to phrase it any better it's an element maybe of Stockholm syndrome, mm-hmm. like not crazy. Obviously no one was kidnapped or anything, but yeah. the media brainwashes dude. the media, a lot of the media. I'm not yeah. just talking about CNN or Fox or mm-hmm. OAN, although all three of those are awful. Um, we want to know one interesting point, you know, as someone who, uh, you know, I doesn't share the same political views as me, but I think as an honest guy, and he's like the real bias that the news has is towards negativity. Yeah. The one thing you always are going to get across the board is the news is always going to emphasize the risks, the harms, and the negatives. They're right. always, they're all, anytime they, all these headlines, even recently, like the last two, three months, were like the evidence is just undeniable that the harm and the damage and the risk from COVID has plummeted. It's like they still want to qualify it, but we got to remain, but, but there's, there's, there's still this still, percentage. There's, there's still, still this, this. There's still this. Yeah. yeah. And so once you're conditioned that way and you do get conditioned by watching the same programs, the same people, the same type of messaging by mm-hmm. digesting all that, once you're conditioned in all of these uh, elements that the news is giving you from all, all these different pieces of information, it's really hard to separate from that. It, yeah. it, it hope I, it's definitely possible. You know, I separated from it after two weeks back mm-hmm. in March of 2020. Um, but it's really hard. Totally. And, but it's just, it's gotta happen though. For like, sure. There's, well, there's also, no like massaging somebody to help them step out of it peacefully. Like, no, dude, just fucking live. Yeah. Uh, well, and it also, the problem is they get in this situation, they, they attach it to some preachy morality thing. Like, yeah. I'm doing this because if I'm doing this because I care, I'm a caring person. I'm a caring, generous, sympathetic, empathetic person who cares about others. And if you don't do it, you're not. And they've gotten super attached to that, that they, that, that, you know, that they've gotten more morality points because they were more precautious. Uh, They took more precautions. They're more cautious. And now it's like, all right, well, where do I hang my hat? Where do I hang my my Boy Scout hat? Yeah. You know, I'm a better person than all these other people. Can we just get back to like everybody take a fucking stroll on a Sunday? Right. And and not be worrying about this shit. Right. And it's not even like we're better people for saying what we're saying. Nobody's a better person. Nobody needs to try to be higher than now. You know what I mean? No, no. We're not trying to be a better person by saying they're trying to be a better person. There's no fucking pedestal here. No one's trying to elevate themselves. No one should be trying to elevate themselves above everybody else. But there are so many people that do that on all different sides. And that's what forces other people to try and step up even further, and step up even further. And it's Um, mutually assured destruction. Yeah. And so I just, I, I really, I hope I have some faith, but I really hope that that can all just start to filter away. Mm -hmm as we ease back into these semblances. I think a lot of, I think what we used to have for sure. I think, I mean, you're seeing some stuff that, that makes me optimistic that, you know, now 
that we've when we've been in this phase the last like two months when it's so clear that like some of the doomsdayers and the the scolds and the ultra pessimists like before when COVID is rate you know you know it, it is causing a lot of harm and there's a lot of people in the hospital it's like easy for them to go you know hang the, it's it's easy for them to go wave that around yeah it's like when it's not like there's people like me and you you know who are a little more outspoken and a little more forthright in how they react to this stuff. There's a lot of people who, who aren't, but still don't buy into the bullshit. They just don't want to have to deal with flack from the right. people, from those right. people. And I think that it's kind of defanging those people. And a lot of people in who are a little more neutral uh, are now seeing how ridiculous the kind of uh, pessimist industrial complex like mm-hmm. of the media aided by the people who want to you know who want to weaponize that pessimism i think that's being exposed yeah yeah this this episode actually comes out on june 14th mm-hmm. uh one day before our lord and savior says <sighs> that we are allowed to be free yeah what do you think about that dude right in time right in time for our god to <sighs> to give us back our freedoms it, it, <laughs> it, it is it is so incredibly it, it's just the the levels of ridiculousness and i think it's let's see like with, with that dude right yeah I mean, it's so many people in the state you know california uh big economy right lots of smart people lots of ambitious people they're sitting around too busy like all right i know my taxes are pretty high i know you know they don't really fucking plug any of the the potholes in the street but like i can't really pay attention to all this stuff like all right gavin newsom democrat don't like voting for the republicans in california right. which is fine right um Presents himself well, nice head of hair, yeah. uh, great, great, skin. great smile. Great, Look at his, yeah, oh. I don't know what his skin regimen is, but it seems to be working. His hairline's better than mine. Guy. Yeah, yeah. And then it turns once this once it, we the veil is lifted, and you have to see that this dude's the one making decisions that really have has impact on people's lives. Like, can you open your business? And like, do you have to stick a mask on your kid despite like? Oh, the yeah. kids with masks. Unbelievable. Dude. Oh man, yeah. you know. Uh, I get like so infuriated when I see a kid wearing a mask uh, playing on the beach by himself or running around the park with a soccer ball with one friend. Yeah. And I, uh, I, it just, it, it makes me so mad. I don't even have words to speak and, and about it's like, it. Like, all right, everyone wants to, you know, I, I don't get all haughty toddy. For instance, like masks, like if I'm outside, there's no science that says there's a real benefit to masks. If I go on a fucking Uber, I'll wear the fucking mask because there's actually a likelihood of a transmission of an airborne disease in a poorly ventilated car. So mm-hmm. I'll wear the fucking mask. But like the science came out and showed like there's not really much transmission from children. The one nice thing about COVID is it did not present a risk to children, did not transmit particularly well from children. Right. And like everyone wants to, on the mask thing, everyone says, well, what's the big deal? Just wear the mask. And it's a little annoying. And I think, you know, and, and but for adults, I can... It's limited downside and it's limited sacrifice in many situations to wear a mask, but it's just unnecessary. For kids, like, there's a serious downside to wearing a mask. They have yet to process the experience of being human and how you relate to people. Mm-hmm. And we stick a fucking, like, we, we were not meant to have, to be, to hide our people. face. We express, exactly. we communicate with our face. Yeah. Um, looking forward, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm going to be very curious to see how many people in LA hold on to that hold on to the mask thing forever. You saw the people that said, oh no, I'm going to wear a mask forever because I don't want people to think I'm a Republican. Dude. Blew my mind. How the fuck is that how you're living your life? I laughed when I saw that and I I also like almost kind of cried a little bit Uh because I felt so bad for those people. 
Um, that that's insane. That's so crazy to me. Like, how are you going to signal that you're the shoe in the 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 desk guy? Like, right, you've, got, <laughs> you've right. got more important things to signal about than, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so much more than trying to express to a stranger what your political beliefs are. And then the people taking it back to that Stockholm Syndrome quote, which I know a couple people will probably pull out of context and try to get me fired from a job in the future for saying <laughs> that. Um, it's just, it's an element of being conditioned and then hanging on to that conditioning for dear life. And you see that with people saying, well, you know, I just don't want to get the cold. I don't want to get the flu. Oh, it kind of helps me with my allergies. Well, I'm just kind of used to it. So it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's my body, my choice. Let me wear a mask. Hey, but separate yourself and, and try to look at it. Take some fucking mushrooms yeah. and look down at your body while you're astral projecting and see if you can figure out why you're really wearing a mask in 2021 in the fall, right? Because yeah. in LA, there's going to be so many people like that. And grocery stores are probably still going to have to wear them. Maybe not us going into the stores. I don't know because they're going to leave that up to businesses. But the workers. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, I, I live in a building. You know, it's got a full, it's like a full service building. So it's got staff every day. And, you know, the, but it's got a handful of people who've been living there for a long time and they're elderly. And at this point, like, they've had a, ch you know, everyone knows there's no reason, there's no benefit to me having to put on a mask just to walk the 17 and a half yards from the elevator door to the front or in the valet area, which is out fucking doors. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so like I, without getting into it, like, sorry guys, I'm, I'm not wearing it. Like yeah. in the fucking, you know, if there's someone else, there's an old person in the elevator, great, I'll wear it. But like the people that work there, these dudes and, and these women are like working class people. They have to wear a goddamn mask for going on eight hours at a time. And like, where's the regard for them that these handful of people who are still super ultra paranoid in the, in, in the face of all available evidence, like they're, in, they're upstairs in their own, in their own unit, not wearing a mask and they'll put it on for two seconds to walk through the goddamn lobby. Mm -hmm. The people who work there have to, like I, I see, I'll come home at, you know, odd hours mm -hmm. and I could see, you could see the person at the front desk, like took their mask off their chin. They don't realize that it's me. It's not one of the, the right. fucking Karens. Right. And they'll put the mask back on. And I'm like, these people have to, you know, where they got to breathe into themselves and, and do all this bullshit for hours on end for no purpose whatsoever. When it's 3.30 a.m., this dude at the front desk really has to be sitting there wearing dude, a mask. Insane. And like, you, Insanity. Like you got to have some regard for other people, yeah. you know? And and without any, with, with no, uh, like the, the lack of science to back so many decisions has just been insane. It's crazy. Well, a lot of the people who uh, they wanted to they wanted to be the I believe in science people. Well, when the science said that circumstances changed, they didn't feel like changing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what's so crazy. So who are we voting for, bro? Um, what do we got? Oh, man. What do we got here? In California. Here, pull this a little bit closer. Yeah. yeah. In California. The uh, what are we I'm, doing here, dude? I saw that Caitlyn Jenner ad and I was like, oh shit, I am know. I gonna have to vote for Caitlyn Jenner? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Damn, that was a good ad. Caitlyn's making a lot more sense than anybody else. I like, know. How, how is this help? How is this happening right now? You know, it's like Caitlyn's. Caitlyn seems right on top of some of this stuff. Yeah. Um. I, right. Right now. Uh, the number one, it's bigger, big, more important than who we're voting for is making sure that some pain is visited because the right, first step, right. And, and not yeah. necessarily pain has already been visited sure. too, but even not because we were talking about this at the clubhouse event, yeah. even not necessarily having him removed now, but not having him reelected. And yeah. even further than that, his presidential hopes and dreams are completely scrapped for sure, which makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's we, we, anyone who was involved, we're talking far, about Gavin Newsom, everybody, yeah. uh, anyone, I know some inside baseball, I'm somewhat involved. You know, yeah. So it. I would okay. love, I want to talk to you about a little bit of that, whatever you okay. can talk about. Yeah. So 
kind of we'll, we'll kind of you know get foundational about it. All right, yeah. everyone, you've got to understand that there's big political machinery. Like uh, the politics in a state like California, it's just like any other business. There's machine. There's there's groups. There's fun. There's funding groups. There's machinery. There's consultants. There's marketing firms. There's all. Of it. It's just it's a business. And most of who gets elected, and this is true, like in in whatever whatever state where one party always wins. That's bad news, mm-hmm. right? You want to be in a state where sometimes one party wins and sometimes the other party wins because that keeps people honest. In the states where it's just the same party winning every time, they know that they don't have to work. They, they they know that they don't have to worry about fucking up, or they're worried a lot less, right? Yeah. So there's this whole machinery, like the 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 groups that control big email lists of voters. They and they've got PACs and they've got executive committees and those executive committees get paid. Right. And there's this whole structure there. And like at the end of all that machinery out pops a guy like Gavin Newsom. Okay, Mm -hmm. so like when you're thinking what skills and talents did this person put on display to get to this position? Mostly it was ability to operate and uh, operate within and succeed within that machinery and, and get the support of those groups. And they run the ads and they raise the money and they email their, you know, their the how many different groups email a 400,000 person uh, email list. And most of those people don't really pay attention too much to what's going on. And they just vote for who they they see gets a uh, an endorsement from this group that they're on the email list from and out pops Gavin Newsom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing, the thing is now with this recall, it's bypassing all that machinery and it's just saying, Hey, this dude clearly is doing a terrible job and made a bunch of decisions that fucked with people's lives and people's businesses. We can tell that he's incompetent. Okay. He can't, we're not, we're, we're going to visit a consequence upon him doing this now. It cuts through all that bullshit, despite what Newsom is trying to paint it like, no, the numbers all show like only a small, less than half of the people who signed the recall petition are, are Republicans. This whole thing that, oh, this is just some... This is just the Republican machinery trying to overturn. Is that the, true? That's a fact. Oh yeah, I mean, it's a rough. I think a little, um, something like uh, even half would shock me. I, I, I would little, assume it was a little 80, under eighty percent plus would be Republican. No, not even close. Wow, not even close. And these are California voters. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and most of them, you know, yeah, like yeah, a couple of the groups behind the recall were like Orange County, you know, very bland, khaki wearing Republican groups. Doesn't fucking matter. Enough people have realized, like people who are wondering. Uh, parents, for instance, I know tons of, you know, I'm, I'm my age, uh, it's probably 50, 50. Now people have kids and who, who don't mm-hmm. talk to all my friends who have kids. They're like, why the fuck are my, my friends, kids in other States back in school and living their life pretty. And why am I the only one whose kids are still, you know, living the strange deformed childhood life that they're living right now. Mm-hmm. These people are pissed the fuck off and for good reason. And so I think, and you know, Newsom, he misjudged it the whole time. Like there was a, a there was one, one of the, the reasons that the recall is able to succeed is because they, because of COVID, they got an extension on how long you, it, they had to get the recall signature. I remember that. Yeah. Part, you want to know part of the reason? Because Newsom didn't even send his lawyers to the, the, uh, uh, to the, um, to court that day for the hearing on that. Because he thought it was a joke? He thought it was a joke. Oh, my God. Yeah. So if he had sent his lawyers, they might not have gotten, or at least they would have been able to argue <laughs> against the extension. I mean, they probably would have still got the extension because COVID was a great excuse for a lot of shit. And yeah. the, the judges didn't want to be like, well, you know. But, uh, yeah. So coming back to the, the main point here is that you you have to at least show that there's some consequence to fucking around. Mm-hmm. This whole thing, for instance, we all know that Gavin Newsom is making a lot of these decisions 
based on him trying to signify and brand himself as one of the people who took COVID really seriously. It's like, all right, it's the it, everyone forgets. Uh, you know, remember a year ago, it was clear that. It, the Democrats were trying to, and certainly it wasn't inaccurate, but that Trump was taking a more laissez-faire attitude towards this. He didn't really believe that um, it was as harmful as some other people did. And like he was going to accept some more harm from, you know, deaths from COVID in order to keep the economy alive and this, that, and whatever. So the Democrats said, okay, how do I paint myself as the anti-Trump? I'm going to look at, I'm going to see, I'm going to portray myself as being super concerned. Mm -hmm. super uh, uh, paranoid, super risk averse, right? And keeping things more shut down. And nowhere was that more emphasized than California, yeah. okay? So Gavin Newsom decided to, you know, every just like businesses make branding and marketing decisions, he made a branding marketing decision. I'm gonna be the super, I, I really care about COVID guy. I'm gonna make sure, you know, I'm gonna hang my hat and I'm gonna build my reputation on how well we keep COVID numbers low and all these other factors about the economy and people's lives and happiness and the general good welfare and goodwill of the, the citizenry, that's not really my concern, mm -hmm. okay? And that's what has, and once he made that decision, all his decisions since then are, how do I not walk that back and make myself look stupid? Right, right. Right. It's like once you just keep on doubling down on that. All right. For instance, with uh, when Texas re re uh, released the mask mandate and said they were going to open up in the uh, beginning of March, there's lots of Democratic governors. There's lots of governors who thought that might have not been the best idea. Only one of them went to Twitter to, to call that decision reckless. <laughs> Gavin Dumbass. Yeah. Okay. Why? Think about why all of all these politicians and all these governors, even some who did not agree, would have take, made a different decision. He's the one who decided to go shoot his fucking mouth off mm -hmm. because that he wanted, that's, that was his branding decision and he continues to double down on his branding decision, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he was made to look completely foolish because in the two and a half months since Texas announced- uh, It was all good. And they're back to life. The economy is booming. It's and, a great place. And there's no accountability. There's no, there's nothing of, okay, hmm, even if I genuinely believed that that was an irresponsible decision in early March, the facts and the evidence have proven that it wasn't and it was the right decision and COVID's continued to drop. Yet, I'm going to continue to drag this out through, through June, mm -hmm. right? And he announced the June date like two and a half months early. And then the CDC announced that they were relaxing their guidelines and he stuck to the June 15th date. Why? It all goes back to if, not, if you have to revise your decision, it does... It, it shows that you knew the decision was wrong. And if yeah. you're a fucking arrogant prick who pretends that he knows everything, you never want to be wrong. You never want, and you definitely don't want to give anyone, you, it, it, you don't get, want to give anyone the space to tell you that you're wrong. See, look, he walked that back. Mm -hmm. And this, in, in recalling Newsom, like it's people, you know, being able to stand up and say like, okay, there's consequence to doing this. Like yeah. you can't just fucking get away with this bullshit. And it's like, it crosses, it's totally crossed the boundaries of Republican and Democrat and independent. And the, the reason that this might end up actually having some real impact is that it's in, I think a lot of people don't realize this, a recall election has two questions like on the ballot. Yeah. One, you know, should uh, Gavin Newsom continue as governor? And then two, if not, like who do you... Who and that's a yes they? or a no, right? Exactly. There's a box. And so if he loses on the first question, he doesn't make it to the second question. So, so, so just to break this down, the first question is, should Gavin Newsom continue as governor? Choose yes or no. If you choose yes, you're done voting. If you choose no, there's a second question. 
with options that basically says, okay, who should be governor? Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Lee, Brent Pella, right? Yeah. And if you don't choose any of those, vote for Brent Pella. If you don't choose, <laughs> if you don't choose any of those, then whoever, if a majority of people vote not no on the first question, oh, yeah, correct, yeah. right? Then Gavin is He's now n- not governor anymore, pretty much. Exactly. And, and whoever then, gets the most on the second question exactly. assumes the role? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so here's think about that numerically. In a head-to-head Democrat versus Republican gubernatorial race, like someone's going to get seven, eight million votes. So you have to get seven to eight million people to want to vote for you to become governor. On a, on a recall that is just a plurality and it's 50 fucking people, like... You don't have you can win with like a million and a half, two million votes theoretically, wow. right? Yeah. So if it's way less people exact, are voting in a recall, Ar- right? Arnold and also it's split amongst more people. Arnold won with three million. Whoever, if Newsom loses on this one, whoever wins probably going to get less than three. Like think about you. Pre- someone's going to become governor getting like one fourth as many votes as you would have to in a normal year. That's wild. And that's why this is Damn. all wild. So like I talked to some people, you know, involved in California politics and they're like, yeah, like he, he knows he's in trouble. Why do you think he's giving out all this money? Yeah, like, I saw I saw that recently. Dude, it's insane. so how, how does Cal- how does that now that to me just seemed like, hey, we, we have a bag of money. Yeah, we have a bag of money now. Look, everybody, we have a bag of money. What, where, do you know the ins and outs of that specific For sure. Well, thing? part of it, part of the bag of money was the federal government given California like 20, $30 billion, okay. right? Okay. That, you know, the whole idea and also it was that, oh, because of COVID, not just, once again, the government is also like a business, just like businesses were harmed. The government that employs people and has to run all this, all these, uh, run all these functions was also harmed. So, okay, the state should get a bunch of money. And when Trump was there, for better or for worse, he said, well, you know, California, some of you states, like, you don't run very well. So, like, I'm not just going to give you all this money. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden was like, oh, I'm going to give you all this money. So like Gavin Newsom partially is just taking money that was cycled one from that and two from a bunch of tech companies having IPOs and like all the right and the taxes that come with and those. it's like, all right, he's cycling that to just literally paying people off to to, you know, to essentially bribe them into voting for him. Like right. th- this whole lottery thing where that's for the vaccine, one hundred and fifty million dollars. Right. Ohio, the the other state that did this and the way how they had this bright idea to do this. Ohio did it. But Ohio gave away five million dollars, like one hundred and fifty million. So like, let's say California even gave away 15 million, said 15. We're going to give 15 people a million. You know, anyone who gets the vaccine, you're in this lottery. Fifteen people get a million dollars. Like it's stupid. But I'd be like, all right, whatever. 150 fucking million dollars. That's a lot of money, dude. It's a lot of money. That's almost enough to clean up Echo Park. That's almost (laughs) enough money to clean up half of Echo Park. Or Um, with Los Angeles spending $700,000 per unit for homeless housing. I don't know how... Oh, really? Is that what the price is? 700 grand? That needs to come down. How do we make that come down? What are they getting? Linoleum floors? It's... it's, Come on, dude. Bro, they're living... you might as that's well just wild. go buy them a condo. Yeah, I mean just that's so much condo. money. Yeah, it's insane. That's crazy. They, I I don't have the answers for that. I got a lot of thoughts on that. I don't have the answers for that, but um, I want to really boil down this recall thing because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are still uh, confused by it. Um, sure. So now we have the recall coming up. Uh, it, it it's so stupid when people call it a conspiracy theory or they do that thing where they they say have you seen on twitter they where they call the gop the gqp (laughs) dude anytime i see somebody tweet that i think oh you're a stupid person yeah you're dumb you're a dumb idiot 
Um, so there's just so many valid reasons to not have this motherfucker in power anymore, uh, which is why I'm so happy it's happening. Yeah. And even if he doesn't get recalled, he ain't going to get reelected. And even if he does get reelected, at well, least no, that's still yeah, sucks. Well, no, but know, I, hey, the th- like he's who he knows the prospects of fucking around yeah. are a lot tougher. And also he's been made to look full once again. It's all uh, who we end up getting even the choice to vote for is very often the result of like who the machine spits out. And now the machine for the Democrats just like overall knows that he's damaged and they'll try to keep him alive. Are they going to put somebody in? Is there a Democrat that's, no, that's oh no, going to be in there? They no, have could, to put somebody. No, they they're, well, they're going to do that. No, they're, they're, they're threatening anyone who does. No like, way. But what yeah, if he loses the first question? They're willing to take that risk. No yeah. way. They, they that's have, wild. Yeah. Well, they don't want to look stupid, man. It's uh, all, I'm I telling guess. you, so Damn. many, so many of these decisions are, we have to double down because any, uh-huh. other, it's going to, uh, the uh, uh, admitting we were wrong. Yeah. Make it, shows everyone that we fucked up right right right. and uh and and so god admitting you're wrong is such a good trait to have though it's like it's such a beautiful human trait to have to admit that you were wrong and and attempt to evolve and learn from that mistake or learn from that wrong thought or wrong thing that you said like that's that's to not have that makes you like less human and there's so many politicians that have that and and just authority figures in general and also i think it's just like don't you trust people more when you see them admit that they were wrong on something? Yes. Don't you like, and isn't it good for a community and just like for a community generally to build trust? And when you see the people who are authority figures do own up to some mistakes, like that kind of creates, keeps the bonds of trust in a community alive. Yeah. Like I would like, I, I would like Gavin so much more if he were to say, Hey, you know what? Turns out COVID is around 24 hours a day. So going home at 10 p.m. wasn't the right choice. I'm sorry I made you do that. Hey, you know what? Uh, weed stores are essential businesses now. So maybe in the past we were wrong, even though, even if he had no part in this. Uh, shout out to Kamala. Um, <laughs> like, like let's, uh, let's review a lot of people who are currently in jail. For low-level nonviolent sure. drug crimes, or like, uh, hey, just I, like little things, like uh, admit wrongdoings bro, and fucking fix see, them. They're so s- small, bro. Did you see his so-called apology for the French laundry dinner? Of course, it, it was. I think I mocked it yeah, in I'm one sh- of the videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, you know, yeah, I made like, a goof. And he's, I goofed up. And he's <laughs> like, what? but then you see when he tries to start like elaborating on the dinner, and he's like, and you know, it was my friend, and he had really put a lot of effort into the dinner. Yeah, and yeah, we've yeah. Been friends for a long time. I was like, shut the fuck. Do you know? Up. Do you know anything about that lobbyist that he was eating with? Not a ton, but there's some shade. It is there's some shade. Some shade. I, yeah. I don't know enough, so I cannot go into detail. I can only give out words that I remember reading in the article, mm-hmm. and those words were Obama, uh, Saudi Arabia. Money, uh, not allowed, and lobbyist. Uh-huh. Those are the words I remember from the article. I got to read the article again. Yeah. But there was some weird shit about the lobbyist. Regardless, who knows what the fuck I'm... I don't know what I'm saying. I'm a fucking clown. But re- research, look it up. Maybe it's interesting. And look at clown. You ended but up there's... being closer to the target than all the, the, all I know. the fucking it's smart crazy. people. Yeah, it's I was crazy. Like, Dude, look... when I first started doing videos on uh, him, I honestly didn't know who he was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Had no I've never voted for governor in California. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Um, and then, you know, in the spring of last year, I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting choices. And then once the curfews hit and October hit and they released that whole thing about large party gatherings, yeah. he said, you can't play the flute. I was like, all right, you gotta go, dude. Something needs to happen here. That was the first impression that I've yeah. done. Um, 
has that been that one, has, has, has that been one of your more popular impressions? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, that's definitely up well, there. And your impression of him and what it gets is just like he's got this weird jittery thing that is clearly like when you see a person who's not who's not in line with himself because yeah. he knows he's full of shit. Yeah, and, and like it's yeah. this jittery strange thing. And like, yeah, and and he's on a pedestal you, you that on. he built for himself, and he looks down at everybody else and thinks his word is the word of God. Um, but you, you know, usually when I do an impression, it's, it's always of somebody that I admire and respect Eminem, Joe Rogan. I mm -hmm. love those guys, uh, 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 post Malone. Like I love his music, all the, all the, all the people I do, but Gavin was the first impression that I did where like, I fuck, I pulled the drawstring back with aim, uh -huh. dude. Like I was aiming for this dude. I still wanted to like sure. poke some fun and have some fun with it. Uh -huh. And also in the fall, I was still like, well, maybe he is like, maybe, maybe he's still, I was learning. Sure. I was still learning. Yeah. But you know, I called him, uh, I, I, there was a, a joke in there, um, that my mom didn't love where at the end he's like, uh, uh, my new book, uh, Oh, what was it? Something with the forward written by Vladimir Putin. <laughs> something, something like that. And my mom was like, okay, you're going to call him a communist. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild ride to see what will hopefully be his downfall. For sure. Um, and you're the you're the uh, what, who was did the Sarah Palin? Why am I uh, uh, how, Tina Fey? Uh, oh yeah, it's uh, Tina Fey. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're the teen. The Dude, Tina Fey. <laughs> sometimes I'll go on his uh, uh, press videos, like mm. his press meeting videos, and I'll see comments that just say "ha" <laughs> in the comment <laughs> section, and I'm like, "Dude, his team." Does not like this. Dude. And it just shows a lot of the power of, of comedy and satire in exposing authority figures for being empty suits, man. Yeah. It's just a fuck, you know, Democrat, Republican, and it was just tons, tons of different, but you know, and, and I think it's a, a really important function of comedy, um, that, that has, is kind of way, you know, heightened and waned over, you know, the last 20, 30 years. And like, it's also strange that now, you know, you're, we had, we had this little phase where, um, pe people were serving this function through like the mainstream media and, and mainstream networks and the daily show and did a great job at kind of, you know, exposing a lot of the hypocrisy and, 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 and corruption and showing that these people who seem to are trying to talk with a lot of, of authority don't know shit. Mm -hmm. And you don't get like now you don't get that through the daily show. You don't get that through like John Oliver. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh like, man. I, fucking uh, bitching and I was bummed when I watched him the other day. It was so like, what was it? He, he had a segment. I, I love John Oliver 90% of the time, but sometimes he just, he's just, it's like, so agenda driven sometimes. Well, it's just it's like, like man, you know, John, John Stewart wasn't this dude like barking at me about like morality. Like he was just, a yeah, fun, that's, like that's he was a the funnier thing. version of the hall monitor in school. Like right. oh, I'm the hall monitor in school or the, the principal, but I have a good sense. Of, I know how to write snappy dialogue. Yeah. 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 Like that's not what we're looking for here. We're looking for people who are like actually trying to hold powerful people accountable, regardless of, of what side of the aisle they are on. Yeah. Like that's the whole idea. That's the goal. And that's what, what we've lost. And it's come down to people like you or Tim Dillon to like fucking, to, you know, to, and, and I mean, I'm trying to monitor, I mean, I'd love you to your thoughts on it. And like the comedy community, um, as unfortunately, like cultural bear, cultural lines get, get drawn in the comedy community over who seems to be on this side of the aisle and mm -hmm. that side of the aisle. And sure. There's, there's some people who are like deliberately branding themselves as a right wing comedian. Or yeah. Comedian. That, that, that was, that always struck me as weird over the past year. Yeah. Cause I really didn't get political until 2020. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I, did I was, I was always like topical or cultural or whatever, Yeah. but there was never really any politics. Um, 
So I just wasn't interested. And For then sure. pandemic broke my brain open. Uh, and so I had to take a dive in. And now what's, what's so weird is when you make fun of the left, when you make fun of the right, anybody on the right, you make fun of Donald Trump, you make fun of his son, you make fun of any of those people, um, you are a comedian. Mm-hmm. If you make fun of AOC, if you make fun of uh, the Black Lives Matter leader buying millions of dollars worth of property, if you make fun of like anything that's like left-leaning, you're a conservative comedian. Yeah. So it's either you're a comedian or you're a conservative comedian. But to be just a comedian, you can only make fun of these people. I even posted that on my Facebook uh, a couple of months ago. I said, it's crazy how as soon as you make fun of the left, you're a conservative comedian. But if you make fun of the right, you're just a comedian. And Scott from my high school was like, well, it's probably because of the false equivalency that you're drawing between all the people on both sides of the aisle. But have fun in that middle ground. And I was like, fuck you, Alex. You know what I mean? Like, dude, the false, it's comedy, you fuck. You make fun of things that you think deserve to be poked fun of. Mm -hmm. And sure, sometimes you miss. That's comedy. But if, if you're, as long as you're not like, thrown out a racial slur that's not taking a risk that's uh, taking or, or a, a homophobic slur or like like re- or if it's doing like, like ill-spirited if you're tr- ill-spirited like, bullying exactly you know it's what i mean not, that doesn't take a genius to like interpret what's like just done in, in good faith and good humor and yeah. might be a little irreverent and i think that it's it's also the, with the both sides thing it's like people also ignoring like it's also about power and it's authority and it's that's like people won't acknowledge that now the the establishment is very left-wing it used to not be right so like if you're fucking like trying to bust up uh, authority figures and you're trying to not let people who have power and authority get away with bullshit like you're gonna end up making fun of a lot of left-wing people because like they're part of the power structure particularly Mm -hmm. culturally these days that it was not true 35 years ago or during the uh christian coalition stick you know uh lyrical warnings about lyrics on rap albums like there was a different ball game back right then. right and and that's what these people still don't get it was like no like i'm not gonna let like not everything is this cultural signifier where i'm gonna let a gavin newsom or a kamala harris and don't get me started i was involved <laughs> in some stuff around the beginning of her political career oh we uh, will we'll uh, dive in okay okay <laughs> She's um and it's like I'm not going to lay off these people just because I'm not going to lay off these people just to signal what team I'm on. And, right. and it's like now because all the cultural power structure is super left wing, like that automatically they're trying to shovel everyone who, who opposes them in, into this, this batch. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I, I know who, like, I, I know Alex Jones is over here. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it's not, and he's proudly, and these people are not going, they're proudly labeled, want to label themselves with one team. It's like, no, not everyone has that as a team. Sometimes just looking at who's got authority and got power and leading people in the wrong direction, and you want to, you know, you want to, you want to expose them. Yeah. I, I want to expose everybody, dude. I don't trust any of these motherfuckers, dude. No. There's not, uh, my favorite, if, if you think, think about this for a minute, think about your favorite politicians that are alive right now and why you really like them. And mm-hmm. I'll try to think of mine. I, uh, and you know, one of I think one of my favorites ever would probably be Obama just cause he's the first president I ever voted for. I remember falling in love with him when he sh- was playing basketball at the university of North Carolina mm-hmm. on his campaign trail. He was also pretty centrist. Like yes, people, much more than people gave him credit for. Yeah, sure. dude. People look at him as like, uh, you know, a left-leaning progressive. Nah, dude. That yeah. motherfucker was center-left, hardcore center And left. even he'd, he'd make 
efforts to be, right? Yes. Like, I think he yeah. was not a great strategist. I think he was tactically not. And I remember nothing about his presidential sure. campaign. Like, whatever, I was you know, chugging fireball in college. I have, yeah. I have no doubt. I was, you know, unfortunately in my uh, super uh, uh, idealistic post-college phase. Nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, you got to be aware of your own, like, uh, uh, interpretive uh, faculties, right? And I'd hear him speak and I'd think like, okay, I feel like he's trying to get to the right answer. I feel like he's trying to get there. And even if I don't agree with him or even if some of the things that he's doing, like where I think he had was well-intentioned, but clearly it, it was going to lead. Mm-hmm. I mean, overall, like smart guy, good-natured guy, glad we had him around. I mean, now the now everything is just pure fuck. And also like he was willing to speak once again, who's willing to speak out against their own side. Who's willing to admit they're wrong. Like he'll outright blast like the woke movement. He'll say like, yeah, no. yeah. That, yeah. He's just I, saying I, like, great. no, this is childish. Everybody thinking that they're super, you know, uh, uh, getting, get, beating their chest on social media mm-hmm. and, and thinking that going and attacking other people for their supposed moral uh, failures and ethical faux pas, like that's what's really making the world a better place. It's like, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. And like, fuck, I'd really love to have more people who were going to to take that approach than what's going on now. Yeah, I wish Kamala would do that. Well, because she's not that smart. Right. <laughs> Obama was skilled, talented, smart person, and Kamala Harris is not. What's your experience with her? I just around the around the late two thousands after the Bush thing, um, she's I despise him, and he mm-hmm. was kind of the person who broke the whole the I. Like, it's all about, like, what does a serious, like, smart country do? The Iraq war was like, you can't, how are you supposed to take your country seriously after how badly they fucked that up? Right. And that kind of set up a chain reaction right. that, that led to a lot of a lot of destruction, a lot of where we are right now. I was starting to get involved in the, like I said, business. There's all these consulting firms, all these political consulting firms. These are people trying to make money and a living just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And clearly... Around 2008, 2009, after the success of Obama, they're like, all right, we need, uh, we would like a female version of Obama, someone who is good looking, well presented, uh, 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 you know, we can claim, uh, you know, multi-ethnic and, you know, we're going to peddle them out. And Kamala Harris is coming up at that time. And just everyone involved, all these consultants, everyone knew that she was nothing special. But they're like, all right, we need we, we think we think a, a female Obama is going to appeal to a lot of people. And you can hear her speak for, you know, this is around what time? 2009. OK. And that's how they got this. They, they placed her all of a sudden. Boom. They chose her, her in the Senate. Uh, they they played Congress they, or whatever she was. What they, was, she? No, she was. Yeah. Senate. You knew you knew that uh, the Cal- that California was going to elect a Democratic senator. Right. So whoever, she was AG. Exactly. Uh, yes. And so whoever. The, the machine spit out and presented to everyone like, all right, no one's paying attention. This, this, uh, um, you, this, uh, California teachers union, this union group, this political action committee, they've got all of the, the these big email lists. Like, all right, if they present Kamala Harris as the one that they're telling all the, the recipients of these emails to vote for, that's who's going to win. And that's mm. who did win. And, you know, and Obama also a dude, I think, who stood on some principle and like Kamala Harris. Yeah, she's probably smarter than the average person, but she's not particularly intelligent, capable, skillful or talented compared to like an Obama or the the people who really should be have such a high level of intelligence and talent that they should be ruling us. Do you do you have anybody in mind uh, that is that (sighs) the there's that either is in power or is in a place of public office that you know well 
there's a woman. I mean, Tulsi Gabbard is one of the few oh, yeah, people Tulsi. who will say heterodox things and yeah. actually take risks and seems to like if you're it, it, we all like are trying to figure out who's genuine and not genuine in our lives. And you're like, wait a second, this woman seems to be speaking to me in a, you know, giving complex explanations to complex problems instead of just defaulting to easily shareable slogans and bullshit. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of people don't like her. And that's why I like pretty good indicator that she's a Democrat and Hillary Clinton and Kamala Harris are her enemies. It's yeah, pretty, pretty good. Like, OK, because she's like trying to blow up who the the cookie cutter sterile establishment choices. Mm. And she opposes that. And thus she gets a lot of heat. And it's like, wait, who seems to be appealing to people who get completely different news sources? Yeah. It's like, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, they're trying to paint DeSantis as this like Trump number two I was like, I'm sorry, like he's taking he took a lot of risks and he said, hey, we're going to take a risk to open our state and allow the people in our state to live normal and healthier and happier lives. And there may be some increase in COVID short term, but that's outweighed. We think that's going to be outweighed yeah. by the economic benefits and like people not being miserable and stuck in their house. And it turned out he was right. Like everyone continued to predict that Florida being open for since August was going to result in disaster. And it didn't. Right. And it keep on. It's like, how many times is he going to announce uh, an additional opening condition? Every, these, the, the chattering class says he's a murderer and this is going to result in, in misery and destruction. And it doesn't happen. Right. And then there, there are a lot of people. There's some people, mostly people who are independent journalists, not journalists for major mainstream organizations who are like, oh, fuck, he was right. And, you know, I, I thought it was going to go in a different direction, but it turned out to be the right decision. And this state per capita ended up falling in about, you know, just below the, the halfway point in COVID damage. And, you know, and the economy is in great shape. It's had a massive influx of uh, of people moving there who are super smart and getting a lot. Like, My dad moved there. Yeah. 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 And uh, and not just, you know, like major tech titans have, have moved here and that's going to have like. But uh, also my dad. Yeah. And your dad. Mostly <laughs> your dad. Te 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 tech titans like your dad. Yeah. 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 You know, fathers of, ti of cultural titans. <laughs> Brent's dad moved to Florida and exactly. changed the economy. Where do you move? Uh, Sarasota, I think is uh -huh. where he's I'm at now. Sarasota's hot. It's hot. It's a good yeah, spot. Exactly. Cool spot. My dad's there. Yeah. <laughs> Golf, which golf club does he belong to? Uh, I don't, one of the ones with alligators on okay, it. Okay, for sure. Yeah. For sure, he likes to. He still wanted to play a little. Yeah, a, a yeah, little yeah, dangerous. yeah. Um, that's okay. Cool. So that answers that. The, but the going back to the Kamala because I diverted us. Uh, -huh. uh, so she's spit out by the, this machine. Yeah, she well, becomes the one. Okay, but think about right? this. Like in the Democratic primaries last year, she was a disaster. She got like less than 3% of the vote. She had to close, shut down her campaign before the first, I think it, it was either. Yeah, didn't she stop she her campaign? disaster. So how does this add up that a woman who's with running against, once the, before the machinery has made their decision, this woman is running her campaign against a half dozen other Democratic candidates and she, she doesn't appeal to anybody. Like she, nobody votes for her. She, her campaign is such a disaster. She has to shut it down before I think even the first primary. Hmm. How is she now a, a little over a year later, the second most powerful person in the country and a step away from the presidency, mm -hmm. right? And this is not the, this is once again, this is not the, the insinuation of some grand conspiracy. This is just about normal everyday corruption where powerful interests are making decisions uh, in, in trying to manufacture 
consensus around something. So they're like, all right, who, who, you know, we, we have to choose a person based on their gender and ethnicity. She can present herself well for a minute or two. Um, and we think that she's not going to do enough harm to Joe Biden's campaign to make any real impact. But now she's right there. And now, like, when, when there wasn't any machinery involved, she was made to look foolish. She was a disaster. Nobody voted for her. And then we just in, inserted mm. her here in this position. Yeah. Wow. God, that political machine, man. That yeah. is so wild. Now, how long have you been knee deep in politics like this? Because you know a lot more than like my average friend that I talk to. Uh-huh. So, and I, I don't like to use the word politics because that's like, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, so like, how would you right, the way that I look at it's like, you're just trying to understand what's going on in yeah, the world, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so that is like something, some stuff that's more like strictly political. Sometimes that's more cultural, just like, yeah. you, I mean, you could talk about Social, what's going in the whatever. comedy world and how, yeah. you know, and, and how, and free speech issues. Let and, me, let me rephrase then because my, sure. my dip into understanding what's going on in the world really was catalyzed in 2020. And okay. now I could have a conversation about the world economic forum. Yeah. I could have a conversation about, uh, you know, Joe Biden's recent nap that he took yeah. uh, or, or whatever, like the COVID stuff. I'm, I'm knee deep in all that. The Gavin recall, sure. uh, also comedy or mm -hmm. the, the way the direction Hollywood is moving toward. Um, but I really, really, started focusing on politics specifically yeah. and what that machine looks like in, in 2020. 2020. Did you always have an interest in trying to understand sure. the inner workings of culture and society? Absolutely. And did that get doubled down on during 2020? Mm -hmm. uh, it must've been. Here's during a little bit of, of my journey on that. Yeah. Dude, I always, you know, shooting my mouth off on social media as probably in my 20s it was a lot of bullshit and like mildly informed that I probably mm -hmm. thought I was a lot more informed and like probably step by step I, uh, I started to hone my my uh, sharpen my sword on it probably getting closer and closer to the truth or a, or a, or a more uh, you know informed perspective um, and I'd say that also it's in, in addition to politics and culture it's also media and information like yeah. how do people get their information yeah how does this information and like and I definitely, towards 2015, 16, and, and in kind of uh, in kind of conjunction with the Trump thing happening, is that I started to make a lot of realizations about the media now in the digital age and how it operated and how it really had changed since the days when there were only three major networks, a few cable networks, and newspapers every day. And like, mm -hmm. I p think people didn't realize don't and still don't it, last year was probably the big wake-up call just like it was for you people don't realize how much media and the channels of information have changed over the past 20 years yeah like yeah okay think about it like a uh, think about it like a club right smaller club gets to be more exclusive you open up a big club and you got to fill up a big fucking room and you got to let more people in and that drags down quality okay think about that in terms of news with newspapers and television when when it was just a print newspaper you got one chance a day to tell the stories that you wanted to tell and inform people about shit and you couldn't print every fucking story you had right. limited space to decide which stories to choose once you go to the internet you print as many things as you can type out and 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 load up on a website that all goes out it is constant there's no there was and that a, was the 24-hour news cycle exactly yeah. there was a release uh, of the capacity on news. So that's like ex building the bigger club. You got to let more people in. You got to print more stories. You got to sp spout more bullshit out. Okay, right? 
Um, that, and then you combine that with how the, the revenue model for media changed in that these places that used to have monopolies on advertising and had their business models that, that had been set for about 50, 60 years down, business models were completely shattered. So now like, how do we make money off this high volume of stories that we have to shout, spit out when we have all this other competition and we have all, all these other distractions for people's attention, right? Mm -hmm. And it just really corroded and decayed the quality. And I started to notice a lot of things about that. There's, uh, I'll, I'll send you a, uh, this, is, this guy, Farhad Manju, I think he sucks. And he's a New York <laughs> Times tech media. He sucks now, but in 2013, he wrote something really good. The headline was, you will not read to the end of this article. Okay? Oh, wow. It's scientifically proven, yeah. particularly on the internet. No, but you, you, you lose, there's a reader attrition as you go farther down the article. Yep. Most people only read the headline. Yep. Most people only read the first or the lead. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you translate that to the era of Twitter. Everyone is prioritizing. How do we tell, how do we craft something that's shareable? Not how do we tell a story that's correct? Okay. Right. And, and you know, not that there's still some good journal, even at like places that I think suck there's still 20% good journalism being done. Like not everybody sucks. Yeah. Um, but a large share of the, the industrial complex that is there to and supposedly to inform people has really deprioritized getting it right and uh, prioritized being able to get clicks and shares. And that I, st I, I started picking up on that a lot like middle of the decade, like 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy shit. This stuff is clearly intended to, like, to lead me in a certain direction. Yeah, I started picking up on that around then too, like yeah. seventeen, eighteen. I was like, wait, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Hang on a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, am I just supposed to read this headline? Because the rest of it just kind of feels like support. it's trying to manipulate me. Yeah, well, but also the the facts in the article don't support the headline. Right. Yeah. Right? And there's a ton of that going on. And you know, I probably defended Trump a little bit more than I would have wanted to because that he was the victim of that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shit that he was doing and saying that like, all right, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, but like, they're clearly like, he robbed a candy store and they're trying to pretend like he just shot three people. Right. And like, I don't want the guy who robbed the candy store, but like, I'm not just going to believe that he shot three people because you said so. Right. Which is a very real article that was printed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and it just started, I just started seeing that a lot, you know, and, and, it became this thing where like all of media was engaged in this bullshit. And unfortunately the only other, the, the, the main con, you know, contrasting source was Fox news and Breitbart and like, okay, so they're just doing the same thing on the other side. And it's like, where are the people who like don't always uh, uh, fall on the same side? Who's into thinking independently. And I started to be able to find some of the more independent journalists. That's, that's what I try to find now. Yeah. I, I have like a short list of guys that whenever I go on Twitter, I'll just go straight to this guy's feed, this girl's feed, this guy's feed. And that's yeah. kind of how I try to get my news. But then I also still follow CNN. I follow Fox, MSNBC, uh, I follow OAN I, mm -hmm. I, and, and I try to absorb the information mm -hmm. from all of them to, to figure out what the through line is. Yeah. And it's really hard sometimes. I got to be honest, like, those, those networks, it, I think your time is better spent. They're all, gar they're all those main networks are garbage. Yeah. I do actually like uh, PBS. I have a good uh, time with news okay. hour, news yeah. hour, news hour was a good, I had a yeah, really yeah. good experience. Here's my experience with news hour. I watched PBS news hour. That's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. PBS news hour. And, um, leading up to the election, when all news outlets had fucking were holding their ground, 
They had planted their flag. Yeah. You knew exactly what you were going to get if you were watching Cuomo's brother or Tucker or Maddow. You know exactly what you were getting, right? Yeah. And I, I remember watching uh, MSNBC, and it was an article, or it was a, it was a quick story about the election and like uh, fraud claims and like the the anti-vax crowd, and it was so far left leaning. Mm-hmm. I was like mad. I was watching it with my mom. She yeah. was mad too. We were both like, "What the fuck is this? Yeah, this isn't news. This is somebody on TV saying Trump lies. A reporter, yeah. during a news segment saying Trump has lied about everything. Like that was a sentence that was spoken on news. <sighs> I hate Trump all you want. I dislike the guy very much. But saying that Trump lies about everything is not a sentence that should be spoken on news. Correct. So I watched that and I was disgusted. I gagged a little bit. I drank some water. I gargled. <laughs> and then I put on PBS NewsHour. Uh-huh. And it was like going to a spa. Dude. Yeah. It, and yeah. maybe, maybe I haven't watched it since because I just don't really watch news. Well, no, I have. Mm-hmm. I have. But not. I haven't had this experience since is what I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I watched NewsHour and it was a woman deadpan reading facts, showing. And then they would show images. And then she would read more facts about yeah. COVID and case numbers and percentages of asymptomaticness and versus death. And then it was factual information. Mm-hmm. And then she talked about Trump and said, Trump made a decision about this by saying this. Mm-hmm. And then they would show the quote or play the quote. And then, and on to our next thing about a cat who fucked a dog or whatever. <laughs> and it was like beautiful. Cause it was just the news dude. dude. So, so refreshing. Uh, yeah. And, and I've seen obviously news hour, maybe a lot of people hate that shit, but <laughs> it was just like nice to find that. And so now I'm constantly seeking that refreshing, like deadpan neutral take mm-hmm. on news. For sure. I have, did, do you kind of, have you started following any of the people on Substack or what's going on on Substack? No. Okay. So is that, Substack, is Substack is like a more published version of, uh, uh Oh, I like the Hill. But, uh, Sorry. Okay. The Hill's good. I, yeah. I meant to mention yeah. the Hill. All yeah. things considered, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, Patreon, like, you know, uh, way for uh, independent creators, journalists, whatnot, anyone who creates content to get paid directly for their content. Substack is a little more specifically for, you know, journalists or people who want to talk about news or current events for that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of journalists who, okay, here's one of my theories is that if you're in a bigger organization, those have mostly become poisoned Mm because you, there, nobody wants any controversy there. And, and no one wants to be heterodox. Like everyone chooses their lane and this organization stays in their lane. And, you know, the management doesn't want like the fucking 20 woke kid, they're, they're the, the woke interns starting a petition that they're right. pissed off that you hired this person. And like they, it's, it's the organizations are bad. So a lot of the smarter, like more contrarian voices have now gone to Substack, like Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald is very left wing dude. Okay. Matt Taibbi wrote a fucking book about police brutality okay but he also was like i don't buy this russia shit so i'm not gonna just toss my hat in with everybody else in the liberal media that the russia thing's right and all these all his former cronies and friends and people that he's written you know written stories for their publication all hate him now because like i'm i don't the facts don't support it so i'm not gonna believe it yeah okay like nobody matt taibbi wrote a book about how goldman sachs is swamping the economy with greed and like he's clearly a pretty to the left dude but he's like i'm i'm not I'm not buying into this bullshit. Just, that's, he's just a, an, an example. There's a lot of the best, smartest writers who don't want to be uh, under the the you know under the it, suffocated or you know required to take a certain point of view by the organization they write for. A lot of them have gone to Substack, mm. and that's where I think you're finding a lot of the interesting shit right now and the types of people that 
Is Substack a website? It's yeah, it's a website. Okay. It's, it's a website, and then a variety of people have their own accounts on Substack. And if you sign up, you'll probably get a, a, a newsletter. Okay, and, but it, 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 it's the platform. Cool. And of course, it has a bunch of the corporate media types going. Can't believe you're letting these people. Uh, 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 clearly, Substack's becoming a place for these, you know, fascists. Blah blah blah. Oh, I was like, God. so these fucking fascists. Fascists. One used to write for your publications. They just didn't want, they weren't fucking juvenile adults who wanted to just, they wanted to be able to tell the truth and express their informed opinion without having to, without being, uh, uh, you know, governed by these, having to signal which team they're on. So they Mm -hmm. went here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, isn't that what we want? Yeah. So that's one place where, where super interesting stuff is going on. Um, okay, that's cool. To, to your point, okay, about like following the news and like and and media, I think it all kind of came to a head with COVID, right? Because the stuff that me and you were talking about, just like you saw, it, you, you kind of admitted it, uh, not admitted, but acknowledged. Uh, there's a lot of things that didn't impact my life mm-hmm. that were going on, and all of a sudden, 2020 comes along, and like who my mayor is, or who the governor is, or all these things start to directly impact, and or or uh, is the media giving me a a, a uh, an informed perspective are they honest these things start to really directly impact your life yeah and so I, that's why when I got a bit of a, a pump on social media and a, a, some of my stuff started going semi-viral and everyone's like holy shit dude like this guy seems to be giving me way better information than CNN is or the New York Times or the Washington Post and he seems to be trying to analyze things and consider whether or not he's wrong and he's admitted to being wrong I was like hmm maybe he's a maybe I should be listening to him about this stuff as opposed to as opposed to these organizations I've been trained to believe have authority but like really don't seem to be living up to the quality that they that they used to have like it's not your parents the CNN that uh rose to prominence uh during the first Iraq war which is really when CNN Mm -hmm. became a thing I was like holy shit I'm you've got the U.S. military is getting their information from CNN. Like, they seem super responsible and operating by a code of ethics. And Wolf facts. Blitzer has a great beard. Yeah, exactly. it was great. It, no, was, it, was, it was wonderful. Uh, he still sucked me in. I even know I have bullshit. I can't <laughs> deny the power of the beard. Yeah. Um, that CNN is that, ex- that, that CNN doesn't exist anymore. They're, bu- right. they're bullshitting you. Right. Okay? Go look how many times the headline, the, the story and the headline don't match. Oh, dude, it's complete fear-mongering. It's, Anybody it's that still watches CNN as their main source of news is just like either consciously or subconsciously dumbing themselves down yeah. and, and, and becoming a conditioned pawn yeah. for what CNN want. I don't know what they want. I don't know what their fucking agenda they, is, but bro, there's gotta be hey, something they, you who, know, who, who runs CNN, Jeff Zucker. How did Jeff Zucker yeah. uh, rise in his career? Reality TV schlock. Right. Do the fucking math. Right. Right. Okay. Right. right it's not, right. it's not a coincidence. Right. Okay. Right. Just look at the, and you know, once again, when people like me and you have these conversations, some people like to tar it as, it's not a conspiracy. I don't think there's all these people. No, that, man. Is, conspiracy. People throw out conspiracy theory now as like a quick way to dismiss you so that they don't have to open their brain absolutely. up to have a conversation with you. Yeah. Either because they are too lazy or they just don't have the attention span or the uh, cognitive ability to have a conversation that falls outside of the parameters of their ideology. And once again, they don't want to have to walk back and walk anything back. Right. Okay. Right. And we're seeing, I think over the last two weeks, crazy shit with this lab leak about. Yeah, that. dude, okay. that's the biggest thing. How about Facebook? Oh my God. Facebook walking back their official policy of censoring any materials that suggested the lab leak. 
isn't that pretty fucking important? I mean, yeah. And then you have you have people saying like, "Oh, well, a whole year of of evidence has changed things." Fuck you, dude. Follow it from the beginning yep. when there was evidence in the first place. Exactly. In the first place, this this wasn't whispers in dark corner alleyways of people being like, "Did you hear? It was yeah. in a lab." No, dude. There was evidence. It's not just like, oh, how about there just was the- theory? Like, bro, the common sense observation that wait a second, this virus this virus didn't start in Beijing. It's Start, it first popped up in Wuhan, and oh, there happens to be a virology institute there. Like, based on that alone, you have to do a deep do dive. A into dive, what, dude. Jesus Christ! And to say to to post on Facebook, hey, we should look into the Wuhan lab leak and see if it was a real yeah. thing. Back in March, just saying that you'd be you'd have it removed. And now that, like you just said, the position has changed, and it's just that that's what's so insanely infuriating is. All of these tech companies are backing this one specific agenda. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's I, just don't, not a, I, I don't think people like just like, uh, you know, not that I'm the ultimate insider, but I've seen a little bit about how the political system works. I also see a little bit and know a little bit about how these tech companies work. OK, first off, the people who work for these tech companies, they're not that smart. OK, they're not these super sharp like. Zuck, the people who started tech companies, once you get to like 50 employees, past that, you're starting to just hire people like any other company. Yeah, yeah. Okay, people who got yeah. a nice degree and went got the fucking Cornell history degree and got a, yeah. a 3.7 GPA and have some good extracurriculars and they interviewed well. Like, mm-hmm. and what qualifies these people to be the deter- to be determining what's true or not? And when you control this much it, the flow of this much information, the fucking decisions you make impact a lot of stuff. Right. And so they have pressures when you're putting too much pressure, when there's too much general societal pressure on these people, that that's the the reason we try to stick to the principle of freedom of speech is because we know that even, yeah, if that's going to allow for some uh, fault, you know, uh, uh, some lies to be made and some harmful speech to go on, that it's impossible to censor right. It's just not, it never has worked out and never will work out. Right. Right. But when we put all this pressure on the, the, people who control the channels of information to you know to be the ones who decide what's true and not it's inevitable that it's going to get fucked up because they're not like there's no one who really has that much wisdom so the better like always the better decision is to allow for more things to be said it's just plain where and where do we go from here where does it go from here in, does it does it keep moving in this direction of of censorship and new policies do you think we get a new president when Joe it's, Biden peacefully retires. Yeah, right. we'll see. I mean, I, that, that's that's too far out in the future. But in terms like, of censorship, yeah, in terms of censorship, and then I want to know your prediction on the governor race. Um, all right, so censorship uh, and tech censorship. Of fuck, I wish we even had you know more time to talk about this. Um, but I think that these, yes, I think the the lab leak thing is it being exposed has been a good thing yes. because it, this is going to a lot of the people who are on the fence are now going to be woken up to the risks of censorship. Right. And, uh, I, I think that, and you know, also there's becoming more and more alternatives, right? Just like Substack, Right. Right. So new, right. new structures are going to be put up that allow people to speak more freely. And it's not all just going to be like gab or these other like blatantly right wing, alternatives you yeah. know and i think so uh, and uh, there there's there's a a, a law um, there, there's legislation called the community uh, communications decency act section 230 that essentially allows allows all websites to operate that a, you know a website and social media platform can't be sued 
uh, it cannot be sued for a, a, a something tortious that one of the people utilizing the platform says. Like if someone defames you on right, Facebook, right? right? Yep. Other than in a set of circumstances, yep. and like that situation's coming to a head because that this wasn't was, Trump trying to repeal that. He was trying to repeal that, and I've got a lot of experiences with this legislation, including you know me getting out of a lawsuit because of. <laughs> Real quick, if any, if, if you ever get an email sent to you that may have some uh, 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 illicit materials, and you yeah. forward it along. Don't type anything in the email. Just press forward. The law says if you, in California. <laughs> really? Yeah. In California, at least the settled law as of today, if you just forward the email, then you're treated like the website. Holy if shit. If you add any any text or any editorial. Hey, look at this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Wow. And then you have a sudden open yourself up. Wow. But so these, the more and more that a Facebook or a Twitter decides to involve themselves in what's said on the website and make these sense. It, it's, it kind of runs contrary to the principles that allowed them to get that protection. Right. So right. now like, wait a second, do we have to do something? We have to do something with this legislation because it was passed in the you know beginning of the, the century when we uh, encountered an information environment that does not reflect what we see right now. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to, something's going to come to a head on that. I think there's going, I think that, uh, these these sites are are going to realize that like the more and more that they try to censor stuff, they're they're creating a backlash. That, so there's going to be some pressure because their internal employees are mostly pro censorship, mm -hmm. and people ignore how much these decisions are made by bosses not want to piss off their employees. Mm -hmm. um, and so I I cautiously optimistic that some of that pressure to censor is going to be released, um, but it's going to continue to be a messy information environment so i think like people got unfortunately you got to if you want to know the truth and you want to uh, uh, and, and you want to be informed you got to take more responsibility you have to put in more effort you have to put, you in, have more to put in more effort than just yeah. looking at twitter headlines exactly and you have to judge and hone whether or not the people you're hearing shit from whether or not they're credible yeah and you got to be suspicious if they tell you things that you cheer on too much and it's okay to be suspicious dude yeah. so many people are like no don't stop stop questioning this why are you questioning these people it's okay. There's there's a difference between information denial and just critical has, thinking. Has, has, critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I agree a hundred percent, and I'm excited to look at Substack. For sure. G give me your prediction on the recall, bro. I think that he, I think he's a toss up. It's fifty fifty. You really the, think he's a toss up? It's well, it's on the first question. It's a toss up. But really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. No. Well, and also, my prediction I, was that he okay. he'll be voted in. Again. Uh, so this is some of the inside baseball I know. Based okay. on how he's polling, it's like a, an incumbent should be polling higher. Like someone who's okay. up for okay. like if right. you're right. like you don't have to be polling at like twenty three percent to be uh, like if you're polling at like fifty two, like yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. Right. So and also and yes, a lot like a lot of parents are pissed. A lot of parents mm -hmm. who are independent or Democrats who are like once again it goes back like my. My kid, uh, all like not just in uh, North Dakota that it, everybody lives 16 miles away from each other. My friends in other states with big cities and cosmopolitan is like they're sending their kids to school. Like their kids got to go back to normal. Like why the fuck did I get? Why did I get fucked with like this? Yeah, a lot of those people are unhappy, and that's gonna put him that that puts him in danger. And also, here's the other thing. Whether or not a lot of people like Caitlyn Jenner, and there's a couple other more standard issue, boring, you know, Republicans, like this guy who was the mayor of San Diego, who I'd take him over Gavin Newsom any fucking day, but like he's not super exciting. Mm -hmm. But if all of these candidates have a following and they all bring, even if, if, if they all bring people out to the poll, 
these are people who don't like Gavin Newsom. So if you get a million people who support this person, right. a million persons, and right. they all go, wow. then he's more likely to lose on the first question. Wow. So he's a, he's a coin flip on the first one. And he could win. He could survive it. Sure. And also the fact that there is no, it's not like it's 2003 with Arnold where there's a really charismatic alternative who a lot of people are going to rally about. It doesn't look like that's happening. Yeah. But some, we could end up with a really strange, unorthodox result because of a lot of people who don't like Gavin Newsom from a lot of different groups, not mm-hmm. just the typical Republicans. They combine that factor with the factor of no one, no really good alternative candidate. And like, Caitlin could win. That would be so wild. It would be wild. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, would it be as crazy as Trump winning? Would it be uh, crazy? Would it be crazier? I don't think it would be crazier. No. I think it would be as crazy. I think it would be as I think it's it, yeah, it's the as madness crazy. of seeing Trump win all of those uh in, in all the what's it called? Uh on the campaign trail when they're doing the, the primaries, the primaries. Yeah. The, the madness of seeing him win all the primaries uh-huh. was, that was like driving people batshit crazy. Yeah. It feels like that is starting to happen for Caitlin right now. Even just us talking sure. about it, even though neither of us like support or maybe we do. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't fucking have a dog. I, I, I support, fight. I support but, more. I support more damage to the system. See, and that's the yeah. thing, right? And yeah. just, just giving Caitlin Jenner airtime and me mentioning that she had a kick-ass campaign ad, which she does. Yeah is already creating that base that Trump was creating with people where, where people were like, wait, this dude, hang on a minute. Yeah. Why don't we talk about him a little more? And mm-hmm. then all the people are like, no, don't fucking talk yeah. about him. That's not real. Yeah. You're going to ruin the country. <laughs> um, country's still standing. Yeah. So who knows? I'm excited to see. It's, it's gonna, it could get very wild. And just like Caitlin, one of these other standard issue Republicans who's like, all right, I got 700,000 votes from San Diego and a few more from Orange County and a few more people from Napa. And oh, boom, there were 20 people running. Right. So I got 2 boom. million votes and I'm governor all of a sudden. Crazy. Any of this shit could happen. Oh man. And, um, you know, I'm, there's going to be a lot of, in California was the first place where the, effects of one party running everything with no oversight got so bad that it really started to fuck with people. Yeah. And so I think that it's going to be an interesting bellwether for, for a lot of other stuff that like, all right, like if you keep on, if, if you keep on like allowing all these homeless people to live without, you know, any rules on the Venice boardwalk, because this, Home, this this homeless advocacy group that's super funded and gets money from the state essentially believes that they have the right to do so and that yeah. it's fascist to impose any rules whatsoever. It's like, that's not how you run a, a, a civilized... That's not like, a society. society right? right? So if you keep on allowing that to happen, like eventually there's going to be some consequence. Yeah. Like eventually, like a lot of people who, you know, formally voted for you and consider that don't, you know, don't watch Fox News are going to be fed up with it and they're either going to leave the state and like a lot of people left. I yeah. mean, have friends of yours left? Yeah, a lot. A lot of comedians left. To- a lot of people left. You go to Austin, right? A lot of I love Austin. So many. I'll never Austin. leave. Mm-hmm. I I I love California too much. Um, Marvista, big Marvista, guy. big Marvista guy, big yeah. Venice guy, big beach guy. Uh-huh. But uh, everybody left, so I'm just gonna rise from the ashes, <laughs> and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna help bring the place back to life. Um, I'll be right here with you. We gotta wrap it up, bro. I gotta sh- I gotta go shoot a bunch of stupid stuff for my governor uh, campaign in 2034. Oh, thank God, man. So, exactly. We, yeah, we, we we'll need get you. there. We, we, Where can people find you online? Uh, Twitter, uh, primarily uh, Twitter and Instagram at um, Matt Belinsky, M-A-T-T-B-I-L-I-N-S-K-Y and then cool. like every other, you know, approaching middle-aged white man, I'll, I'll have a podcast launching soon. Hell yeah. Probably either by the end of this month or, or into July. So, you know. I uh, love it. For sure. Let's do this again. Let's do this again. Uh, even even if, if it's not soon, even if it's a recall 
recap, uh-huh. and then we can get into. I'll keep some other on. Stuff. I got. I got. Trust me. I'll, I'll get You'll some good some information. information I get some good you're info on this in, stuff. Baby, you're tapped in. Cool. I love you, bro. Thanks awesome. for sticking it. My pleasure. And that's the show, baby. I hope you liked it. Follow Matt. Keep up with Matt. He's a good friend. He's a new friend. He's a good friend. He's a chill friend. He's a cool friend. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Matt. It, I, I just love talking to people about these things. It, the more we can communicate with each other, the more united we can become. That is my philosophy as it stands right now. Communication breeds unity. Because when you can communicate with each other and understand one another, even if you don't agree, you can still be united in trying to achieve a common goal. Common goal, peace, love, and happiness. You know what I mean? That's my common goal. That's Brent's common goal. I I wish you all the peace, love, and happiness in the world. You can have more peace, love, and happiness if you buy Blue Blocks or... Blueblocks.com slash Brent, magnesiumbreakthrough.com slash Brent Pella. Get your supplements, get your health in order, get your life together. Guys, I love you so much. All right, I'll see you next week. Peace.